Welcome to Real Radiant, a podcast from the heart to help you connect to your radiant self. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and each week I'm bringing on some amazing guests for real and honest conversations on topics like lifestyle, wellness, and how to live your best life. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Real Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and I'm so happy to be back here for another episode this week. Today, I'm joined by Jenna Switzer. She is a holistic sexologist and yogi. She's a yoga teacher, and I love everything that she had to say. Today, she came on to talk about sex, orgasms, porn, sex with partners, and just things that we should know as women to really feel empowered with our sexuality and know that we don't have to hide. We don't have to feel ashamed. We don't have to compare ourselves to other women that we truly, in our true essence, just as we are right now, are powerful and beautiful and totally capable of living a sexual and beautiful life. So I loved everything that she had to say. And I know that you guys will get so much out of this episode. I've never had an episode like this on the podcast yet, where we really get in depth into sex and everything like that. So this is definitely a first and definitely going to have many more episodes after this on similar topics. So definitely a good one and a great one. And I'm so happy that Jenna was able to come on. She is such a smart and kind person. Talking to her just made me feel so at ease. And she definitely knows what she's talking about. And I said this at the end of the interview that she definitely comes across as someone that you can just trust and know that what she's saying is true and she's not bullshitting you. So I definitely loved everything that she had to say. And she's so kind because she's offering all you guys listening a discount. So be sure to listen to the end of the episode to get that discount code on her services, as well as a link to her free orgasm workbook. So definitely some valuable stuff in there. You may want to take notes while listening to this episode and be sure to take advantage of that free workbook and discount code. So Before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you guys to please rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Any feedback helps, and I'd love to see your guys' thoughts on the podcast, what you like, don't like, anything like that. So any feedback is good feedback. And also follow the Instagram at Real Radiant with two T's where I'm posting daily on podcast updates, lifestyle, wellness, yoga tips. So definitely go check it out. Yeah, I hope you guys are all doing well. And I'm super excited for you guys to hear this interview. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Jenna. Thank you so much for coming on Real Radiant Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Me too. So the big question of the podcast that I ask everybody that comes on, because it's always so interesting to see what people say, is what is one quote that has resonated with you and changed your perspective on things like life, jobs, relationships, anything like that? My favorite Mm -hmm. saying is, um, it's sacred because you say it is. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's a quote from Danielle Laporte. And a while ago, she had these little things called truth bombs, and they were just mm-hmm. little statements that were really, really impactful. And that one in particular stuck with me because growing up in a very conservative family and then coming into the yoga world and, you know, exploring mm-hmm. Tantra and Taoism and all these different things. And it's just like, well, you know, who decides what's actually like sacred and what's not? Mm-hmm. And, 
And it's like, it's, it's actually sacred because you say it is, which means that you have autonomy over all the beautiful and important experiences that you have in your life. I really love that because especially nowadays where there's so many trends and culture shifts and things that become popular, then they quickly lose popularity. So it's really important to just stick to what you believe and what you like and what you know, and not worry about all the exterior noise or anything like that. So I really, I really love that. So can you kind of give us your background story, who you are, all of that? Yeah. So my name is Jenna Switzer. I'm a holistic sexologist and yoga teacher trainer. So I have been, I started teaching yoga about 10 years ago and I've always been very focused throughout my teaching career on anatomy, biomechanics, um, mobility, how all of those things work. And I was really, I kind of always talked about how I wasn't really in the woo world. Like I was really Mm -hmm. focused on what was literal and scientific and what you could prove. And I'm very in love with anatomy and understanding the human body. And this is true of anybody who studies anatomy is that eventually over time, you really have to narrow down because your body is so vast. It's like, it's like its own infinite universe that we're walking around in all the time. So I started to really focus in on the pelvis and what was happening in the pelvis, how it worked, your hips, your low back, how it all connects together, the pelvic floor muscles. And it, I won't say coincidentally, uh, I'll say like, kind of how life unfolds, I ended up experiencing a sexual trauma. And from that sexual trauma, when I was trying to, you know, at the time, quote unquote, get over it, I was so focused on the muscles. Okay. So these muscles do this, you know, so if I'm not feeling right anymore, I I need to do more of that. I need to more strengthen. I need to more relax, or I need to more create tension. Um, And it wasn't working. And I had a great team, a doctor, a therapist, like amazing people in my life. Um, And now all of a sudden this like quote unquote woo woo stuff became really important in my healing journey because the biomechanics wasn't enough in and of itself. So there's really like this East meets West. And so through that healing journey, I was able to really tap into a part of my like feminine energy, my sexuality, my pleasure that I was never able to before. So even though it was, you know, I felt like completely broken and I didn't know how to put the pieces back together. The process of putting the pieces back together actually gave me a more powerful image than I'd ever had before. Mm -hmm. And so after I had that experience myself, like I obviously wanted to share a lot about the pelvic floor, but I was still so nervous to teach about like the energetics of what was going on. And I was like, okay, I'll just teach pelvic floor workshops, you know, just teach about the muscles and like how to activate and and that'll be good. And that's all I need to do. Um, But as I started offering these workshops and they were selling out, I could just feel that it was missing something. So um, when the pandemic hit, I started teaching online exclusively and that really gave me an opportunity to kind of push the edges. So instead of just teaching about the muscles, I'm able to teach more about the energetics, about the chakras, about what's happening in your body, in this area of your body and how it's impacting your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. And I just finished reading the seven spiritual laws of success. And in it, they said that a problem a problem is just an opportunity. And it sounds like for you, 
what that your story is just a prime example of that because you underwent that sexual trauma and but it turned into mm. an opportunity for you to help other people and really dive into something that you were passionate about and discover more about yourself and also help people in the process so that's really awesome that's such a great quote because it really one of the things that's easy is that when you have something difficult or a problem you know, and, and problem makes it sound small, but problems can be huge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that you get into this victim mentality of like, oh, you know, this happened to me, like this is making me feel like this, or, you know, I have no choice kind of thing. And so when you say like, it's just an opportunity, it's like, wow, what a cool empowerment mm-hmm. opportunity. It really is. Like when you change your perspective and shift it from more of the negative mindset where it's like, oh, I'm, what was me? I, why did this happen to me? This is so horrible and turn it into something. Well, I can actually use this experience to really help people and to educate and to inform the world. So that way, if this happens to other women, then they know how to handle it and have the tools to actually help them. So it's really awesome. And it's a really good perspective shift. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So for you and your focus, you really are, and I would say an expert on sex and orgasms and pleasure and things like that. So as women, I know that there's so much information out there. So what do you think we should really start with in terms of sex, orgasms, that kind of stuff to really get a more basic knowledge of it? Because there's, like I said, so much information that it can be kind of misleading yeah. and we don't really get the proper education in schooling or we just learn from stuff on the internet. So it can be really hard to know what's true and what's not. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think is interesting is like, you know, people often say like, well, our parents didn't teach us. Well, mm-hmm. I don't actually think that our parents knew, you know, mm-hmm. it's not that they were like holding back this secret information and maybe they were, maybe they were uncomfortable, but I think the odds are they actually didn't know themselves because a female pleasure, female orgasm has been this like mystery and like misunderstood thing for so long mm-hmm. in, I'll say like popular society. It's, you have these ancient tantric practices, you have these ancient Taoist ideas and, and then you have contemporary media, you know, promoting this wholly, completely different picture of it. So I think one of the things, like my biggest thing is that I think it's really important for every woman to know that every woman can orgasm. So years ago, I remember Googling, you know, like, I don't remember how I phrased it. It was just something like, can every girl orgasm or is it normal not to orgasm? And Google was like, yep, perfectly normal not to orgasm. Like lots of people don't orgasm. You're probably never going to orgasm. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm never going to orgasm. And with that assumption, every time I was in a sexually intimate experience, I would just be like, yeah, sorry, I don't orgasm, you know, and maybe he'd try, but I would always just be like, sorry, that's not something I do. Mm. And then if it did happen, which eventually it did, it was like a complete surprise. I was just like, whoa, how did that happen? Like, he must be magic as if he was the one who was in charge of my orgasm. So I think number one is that every woman can orgasm. Um, number two, I think it's important to understand that we own the power of our orgasm. So that's not to say that our partner should just like leave us to ourselves so that we can orgasm. But I am saying that our ability to feel pleasure and to experience pleasure is in our own power. And we can teach our partner or we can share with our partner, um, or 
we can have epic orgasms solo. You know, there's lots of lots of options. So I would say like, those are two things that I think are really, really important for everyone to know. Um, and then the third one's a bit more fun. And I would say like, I think everybody needs to understand you can have whatever type of orgasm you want. So that was another thing for me where I was like, okay, well, I can have a clitoral orgasm, but like, I don't know about this other stuff. Um, and it, and even now, like I'm, I'm in this area of expertise. And I often see people say things about how many women can't orgasm from internal sensation. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that there are a lot of women who haven't orgasmed this way and that's okay. And if you've mm -hmm. never orgasm from internal sensation and you're happy with your sex life, that's amazing. But if you want to have that experience, I think it's really important to know that you can. We all have the right body parts. There's a idea out there that says if your glands clitoris, which is the part of the clitoris that we can see, is more, I think it's 3.2 centimeters away from the um, vaginal vestibule, which is just kind of like the opening of the vagina, um, then you can't have orgasms during penetration. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true because the remaining part of the clitoris actually wrap around the vaginal canal. So you can actually get sensation from the inside. So I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff out there mm -hmm. about like orgasms and sensation and stuff like that, but those would be the things that I think are really, really important to understand and know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really like that a lot just because so often we can go through our lives with all this misleading information and not even know that it's possible. And then when we figure out that it's possible, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, okay, well, how do I even do that? So for mm -hmm. what are your best tips or practices to really help women feel confident to even embark on that journey with herself? Yeah. The number one thing. So I kind of go back and forth, right? Because it is a lot about being in your body. So mm -hmm. um, one of the things we as women get really caught up in our head. And so once intimacy starts, even like if we're just solo pleasuring, we'll be mm -hmm. like thinking about our to-do list. We'll think about like, oh my gosh, that pile of laundry in the corner. I really need to do laundry. Oh, what's what the kids doing? Like there's so many things that can come to mind. Oh, I need to study for that exam. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things is like doing practices to feel your body, I think is really important. So mm -hmm. if you're an active person, you've been in sports your whole life, you're playing sports in university, um, you go to the gym often, it's common to turn off sensation to your body so that you can mm -hmm. perform a task, right? So if you're kind of sleepy and tired, but then it's a game and you need to like really bring it, you'll turn off like, okay, I don't want to feel how tired I am. I don't, I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing. And when you, when it comes to pleasure, if you have repeatedly turned off that neuromuscular connection, that neurosensational connection, we'll say, um, then it makes it really hard to feel what you need to feel. Like you're a little bit insensitive. I actually found this well, not sexually, but I found this when I was doing yoga with firefighters is that they would often not feel a stretch, even though their body was obviously in a very stretched position, but it's because of what they do. They turn off that brain to sensation connection. And we, as women do that often as well, because we're just like, we got to get a task done. We got to focus in. Um, we think about like when we have a period, a painful period, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we turn off the sensation so we can just get through and do what we need to do. And all of these habits really create a, a tough environment for pleasure to be felt during sensational pleasure. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I really think it's important to do activities that give you that sensation. So as cheesy as it sounds like taking a bath, but when you take a bath, don't bring your phone in there. Just like feel the sensation of the water against your skin. Water is probably the single most powerful tool I think we have for quickly connecting to sensations. So whether you're swimming in lakes, like, I mean, the sensation of lake water on your skin in the summer is <laughs> the best feeling. Um, showers, baths, pools, like there's all kinds of opportunity to really interact with water and feel it on your skin. And it's such an immersive sensation. So I think it's really important to tune into sensations. Um, another thing is to understand your breathing practices. So something I run into often male and female clients is holding your breath during sex. So, um, there is definitely, you know, a, a kink realm of, of like breath holding to increase sensation. But if you're somebody who struggles with orgasm, I would focus in on breathing. So breathing in and out through your nose or breathing in and out through your mouth, but slow. Mm -hmm. So um, this kind of links into another thing that I think is really interesting is that going back to my anatomy geek out <laughs> is that um, the muscles in your jaw are actually connected to the muscles of your pelvic floor. So if you start um, moaning during sex, you're creating release through tension in your jaw, right? Like moaning, humming, that kind of thing. I mean, you can hum during sex if you want, but <laughs> moaning generally is easier to do. Um, and that will actually translate into a relaxed musculature, which allows for more sensation in your orgasm. Because when you mm -hmm. orgasm, the muscles in the pelvic floor will contract. It's one of the things that happens. And if you get a lot of contraction because the muscles are relaxed and ready to go, then you get more sensation in the orgasm. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's really important tuning into sensations in your body. I think it's really important to watch your breathing practices, especially during sex. Also, if you're looking for day-to-day -day habits, watch if you breathe in your chest, really try to relax your belly and breathe into your belly. That'll help to build a good habit for when you're looking to experience pleasure. And then last, I would say like, keep your jaw relaxed. If you're someone who knows you grit your teeth, you have a lot of jaw tension, then usually that translates into limited orgasms or a tough time to experience orgasms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting um, because so often everything always just goes back to connecting to our bodies and just being present in the moment because when breath yes. breathing that brings us back to presence and that's so true that so often like when we're in sexual experiences and things like that we can often find ourselves drifting off and thinking like you said thinking about our to-do list thinking about mm -hmm. even ourselves like how we're performing getting in our head mm -hmm. and things like that so just focusing on the sensation of your body and your breath is so, those are such huge elements. I love that. Yeah. And that's something, honestly, my one-on-one -on -one clients will often say to me is like, you know, I came to you for sex help, but the biggest change that I feel is that I'm way more present in my day-to-day -day life. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that's the best. That's exactly what I want for you. You know? Yeah. Everything's all connected. And would you totally. say that your relationship and your yoga practice has really impacted your sex life is is yes. there an interlap between the two oh god yes yes um I kind of make this joke that yogis aren't better at sex because for some reason when I was a yoga teacher it's like every man on the planet was like oh yoga teacher 
And I was like, just because you're a yoga teacher doesn't mean you're flexible. And also, mm-hmm. if I'm super honest, I don't often use my flexibility in the bedroom. And I yes. can tell you, it generally doesn't improve my pleasure mm-hmm. if I do the splits or if I do some wacky yoga pose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it might like increase the entertainment factor, but doesn't really increase the pleasure factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say about doing yoga is that it gets you into your body. You feel the sensations as you're moving and yoga is all about staying present and staying connected and being mindful of your breath. And those are all really, really key, important things to having good orgasms and experiencing pleasure in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So to kind of go into sex with partners, how do you think as women, we can really feel more comfortable in the bedroom? Because like I mentioned before, it can be so easy to get in your head and think about like, oh, am I doing something wrong? Are they liking this? And especially with, Mm -hmm. I think, um, what, with what I've seen and within today's culture and everything, where there's so much access to porn and on social media, you can quickly look at uh, a girl's body and stuff. It kind of, it makes you feel more insecure, especially in a bedroom mm-hmm. setting. So how can we actually feel more confident with what we're doing and trust that we are doing a good job? You know, we're creating mm-hmm. a good experience. So I think the main one of the things to do is to break down, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Right. Mm -hmm. So what is your why in the bedroom? Is your goal to experience pleasure with your partner? Is Mm -hmm. your goal to, you know, show your partner a good time? Is your goal to connect with your partner? Mm -hmm. So once you understand your why, then you can kind of move forward because if my goal is to show my partner a good time, then my pleasure is not going to be something that I experience mm-hmm. often, right? Because I'm so focused on them. And so I think that it's important to step back and be like, okay, I'm actually being sexual with this partner because I want to connect with them in a new way. Okay. If they want to connect with me and I want to connect with them, then there's this, you have to show up as you are because you can't connect if you're not being authentic and genuine. And it's so funny because I, I, you know, we all experience these insecurities and I also have this just like the female body is so effing epic and so like ridiculously amazing that the fact that we're self-conscious blows my mind because it's such an amazing like we have motivated wars, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I really understand social media really warps our view. Um, porn really like, just so we're clear, like porn is fake. There isn't real porn out there. And if you're watching Mm -hmm. real porn, even that's not real because you've ever had sex with a camera on, you know, you're not the same person. Like it just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's different. Um, so I think there's definitely these unrealistic expectations, but understanding like your own value and worth and that you bring into the bedroom. So I, I really, I mean, I don't think that's really any helpful tips. I think it's just me rambling about how important it is. I think for us to know how important we are in the bedroom and how that confidence should be there. Um, You know, I think often about when I first was intimate with a woman Um, I will never forget this moment. I was in, I don't remember why I was in her bedroom when she walked in naked, but that's how Mm -hmm. it went down. 
And I remember looking at her and thinking like, wow, I like, I cannot wait to have my body on her body. Like all those, you know, sexy thoughts you have. Mm-hmm. And in that same moment, I could see the things that I would be self-conscious, right? She'd had a few kids at that mm-hmm. point. And so her stomach wasn't like rock hard abs. She had mm-hmm. like a little tiny tummy. She's like quite fit, but also she breastfed her kids. So her breasts weren't like, you know, mm-hmm. 18 year old perky boobs. And even though I could see that, it, it had zero impact on how attractive and sexy she was to me. Mm-hmm. And I think about that often because before that moment, when I would be like physically naked with a partner, I would be self-conscious. Mm-hmm. And since that moment, I've realized like when he, when, when a partner looks at me, he sees me the same way that I saw her where like, maybe he can like abstractly see my flaws, but in reality, he just wants that closeness and that intimacy or mm-hmm. she, or they want that closeness and intimacy with me in the same way that I wanted it. So I think it's really important to remember that we have these like ideas that we project onto ourselves. And often our partners don't have those at all. Like Mm -hmm. they're not caring about the same things that we, that we worry about. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I think is really important to uh, touch on is communication. So for me personally, I'm a big people pleaser. And so the idea of like speaking up in the bedroom and telling him like, you know, oh, I don't actually like that. Or, oh, you know, could you go a little to the left? Or, oh, could you do that a little different? Um, Was really nerve wracking for me. So there are lots of ways that you can communicate without actually having to say words. Um, With one of my clients recently, I was saying, you know, you can ask your partner to moan differently. So if it's too intense, she can moan high pitch. And if it feels good, she can do low moans, right? Mm -hmm. So then you don't actually have to say anything. You don't have to like use your words because it's so hard to speak. You can just like nonverbal communication and there's a playfulness to it and uh, like still staying connected. So Mm -hmm. I think understanding that we can communicate to our partners and share what we want without being awkward or weird or, or doing it wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really like that tip because so often, you know, you want, you want to get the most out of the experience that you can, and you want to be on the same page with your partner, but there, when egos are involved, it can be kind of difficult because if you tell the other person like, Hey, I don't really like that. Or can you do it differently? Sometimes you can feel a shift in their persona, Mm. like in their emotions and they start getting in their head and you can tell that they're thinking like, Oh, I'm bad at this. I'm not doing a good job. Like I'm not pleasing her or something and vice versa. So having something more like that, where you're not actually telling them, Hey, like, can you do it differently? Or I don't like that. It kind of just protects you a little bit, you know, creates that a better union between the two of you. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is that we want our partners to feel that we're enjoying them because we are. Mm -hmm. And also we want them to know in the same way that like when we're doing something, we want to know if our partner likes it or doesn't like it or would like a little gentler or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know? Um, So I'm really curious on this because porn is huge and I want to get someone like yours opinion on it. And so often it's classified as just like a male thing. Like just men watch porn, just men are affected by porn. But how do you think that has an effect on us women? And also just in general, what are your thoughts on it? 
So one of the things that I often deal with in male clients is porn addiction, super, super common. Um, it causes all kinds of issues from erectile dysfunction to an inability to orgasm to premature ejaculation. Like it just seems to run the gamut. Um, it also sets like wildly unrealistic expectations for women. And I don't think that men are the only people watching porn that's just, that's just not true. And, you know, whether we're watching it to see what the guys are watching, or if we're watching it for our own personal enjoyment, we're seeing these images that are most often in the, we'll say like public, easy, easily accessible porn is, is very focused on male pleasure. And what would a guy like to see from a girl? So I think about squirting orgasm videos I remember oh my gosh I did this workshop one time for a bridesmaid group and there was like a whole bunch of girls and it was the strangest workshop but they hired me to teach at this prize and I said like you know girls squirting during porn is fake and they were like what that's fake and I was like oh my goodness you think water squirts out like that like of course it's fake yes it is fake they can put water inside and then she can contract the muscles and shoot it out. It is not actually what it looks like when you squirt. And it was like, all the girls were just blown away. They couldn't believe it. Um, so, so let's just, again, reiterate that porn is not real. It's unrealistic expectations. Um, you know, I, I can't say that every porn I've ever watched, it's like, oh, I would never want to have sex like that. It's not true. Sometimes I really enjoy giving a blowjob. Um, and sometimes I really enjoy, you know, rough sex mm. and it's unrealistic to think that we would always want that type of experience mm. and, you know, the sounds that are made, the lack of sounds that are made. I mean, there are a lot of sounds that get made in sex that you don't hear in porn. Right. Mm. Um, even, you know, the way people are moaning and screaming and, you know, some people make sound and some people don't. I highly recommend sound during sex for, as I was saying, like for your pelvic floor, for relaxing the jaw, all that kind of stuff. And feels good to communicate with your partner in some way. And that, that sound can help. And that being said, it doesn't necessarily look any one way. And even dirty talk, like sometimes dirty talk can sound like something from a porn, but more often than not, women don't want to be spoken to that way. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. The version of your sexuality and pleasure, how that's expressed is completely amazing and it's unique mm -hmm. to you and it's, it's real and authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I also think, you know, there's, um, really interesting to me is uh, labiaplasty surgery. So prior to the pandemic, I think it would have been 2019, from 2018 to 2019, there was a 200% increase in labiaplasty surgery, which is when your inner labia is altered, is like, mm -hmm. it's a plastic surgery to usually make it shorter. Um, this is really interesting. And this often comes from porn because women in porn, their vulva looks a certain way. And it's not the way a lot of women's vulva looks. And then we start to compare ourselves because we're not like men in that we don't see each other's genitals in the change room. 
maybe we're around each other naked, but because of our anatomy, it's not obvious. And so the comparison that we have between our vulva and someone else's vulva is often just through porn. And porn is such a misrepresentation of the bodies that are out there and the variations and the colors and the, all the different parts, right? So there's so many layers to how porn can impact our self-image, can impact our expectations of pleasure in a really, really negative way. Um, I am not saying that all porn is bad. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that it can have negative repercussions. Um, I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember the girl's name. And she said that porn is a vector. We think of it like an object that we like have the object here and we interact with it. When in reality, it's actually a vector. And every time we interact with porn, it takes us somewhere. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's okay because the place we're being taken to is a safe and okay place for us. But more often than not, it's taking us and we don't even know we're going somewhere, which is why people end up watching like more and more intense pornography. And then it becomes a serious problem. So I know that's a long, I keep, I feel like I keep rambling in these. No, answers, no, I love so it. so much to these questions. I know. I love it though, because you're giving very detailed answers. And I, I just love that. Cause there's so much information that people I know will just absorb, but do you think that there's a room for porn within romantic relationships? Like, can we be more conscious consumers when it comes to having it within the relationship dynamic? Or do you think it's something that we should just try to avoid? That's a tough one. It really varies from person to person. Mm-hmm. I think that it is possible to have a healthy relationship with porn in a relationship. Again, it depends on both partners and their experience with porn. Um, there is an app called Dipsy and it's uh, audio erotica, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I really like that as a porn alternative because it, there's no visual stimulation. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have visual stimulation, we're much less likely to compare ourselves to what we're hearing. And it's still very sensual. It's really, really great for women because we are often sexually turned on by what's happening in our brain and an audio, like that erotic sounds can really do it mm-hmm. for us. So I really like it as an alternative to porn. You, there's a lot of conscious ethical porn that you can view. Um, it just takes a bit more research. I mean, if you Googled like ethical porn or, you know, porn made by women or that type of thing, you get like lists of websites, but it just takes a little more effort. And I think that by creating space where you have to put a little more effort into your porn consumption, then you're automatically making it a better, safer, more healthy interaction with that Mm -hmm. type of media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. So just kind of, I think with something like this, it, it just goes with everything, you know, everything in moderation and too much of one thing turns into a bad thing. So just go into it with the mindset that, Hey, I can, I can watch this, but know that it's not real. (laughs) It's just, it's Mm -hmm. just like watching a fiction movie, you know, it's just not reality. So always have that in the back of your head. It's really important. And I think people also need to be aware of their own sensitivities because, Mm -hmm. you know, there are some people who are like, you know, I'm really sensitive to energies. Okay. If you're really sensitive to energies, then watching a TV show, like breaking bad, was it breaking bad or breaking Ben? Well, remember that show? breaking bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Something yeah. like breaking bad is going to uh-huh. like really affect your energy. 
You know, you're going to come away from that and you're just going to feel like heavy and yucky in the same way that when you interact with porn, you might think like, oh, I'm just watch porn with my boyfriend every now and then. But if you're really sensitive to energy and there's a lot of like really intense energy in porn, that's actually not going to be helpful, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really being mindful of yourself, what you like, what you don't like. And it's so okay to like have these firm boundaries that you're like, that's just not something I want in my relationship. And if your partner's like, well, it's something that I want for me. Okay. So how can we create a space where this is something that you're able to interact with and it's not part of our co-pleasure experience? Yeah, exactly. I like that. So do you, you've obviously worked with so many different people from all backgrounds and everything. And do you think that there's any common ideas or beliefs or concepts that people come to you with that you're just like, no, 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 that's not true. We need to change our thinking on that. Um, I think the orgasm thing that I touched on earlier is the biggest Mm -hmm. one. Women often think like, oh yeah, I just can't have orgasm with a partner. I'll never forget Mm -hmm. this one client I have. She's amazing. And we did our first call and she's in her forties and she's like, you know, I've just never had an orgasm with a partner and Mm -hmm. I really don't think I can. And I was like, oh, absolutely. You can no problem. This is, this is a very accomplishable goal. (laughs) And literally just from that conversation of me saying like, yeah, easy peasy. You can do this. No problem. Within two weeks, she had her first partner with an orgasm or sorry, orgasm with a partner. And then later on, she like was texting me and she's like, I just had four orgasms during sex. And it's just that understanding that you can have the experiences that you're craving. So I would say Mm -hmm. like, big one all across the board is, um, is yeah, that you can have the orgasms that you want. You can mm-hmm. have an orgasm, even if you've never had an orgasm, regardless of your age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like, I mean, there's stuff for men, right? Like size doesn't matter. Really. It mm-hmm. doesn't. Oh, there's a good one. Uh, there's no such thing as a loose vagina. So, you know, I think we, as women, we're talking to women in this mm-hmm. podcast Um, and we, as women get this idea that we need to do Kegels in order to create a tight Mm -hmm. vagina. And that if we Mm -hmm. don't have a tight vagina, we might end up with a loose vagina. Mm -hmm. And this actually leads to, unfortunately leads to a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction, which can create the inability to orgasm. It can cause urinary leakage. It can cause inability to brace your core properly because your abdominal muscles integrate into your pelvic floor muscles. So it can cause all kinds of problems. So I would say, um, you know, everyone needs to stop doing Kegels. Uh, (laughs) that's my first, like, just stop doing them. Just stop. Uh, they are beneficial to a very, very small minority of people, but I would Mm -hmm. bet people listening to this podcast, uh, are not those people and taking really, really deep breaths is way more beneficial to your pelvic floor and the Mm -hmm. tonicity of the muscles around your vaginal canal than anything else you're going to do. And you, in order for you to experience a really epic orgasm, that's not true. Let me back that up. I'll say Mm -hmm. in order for you to experience a really sensationally epic orgasm, Mm -hmm. uh, you really need to be able to relax the muscles of your pelvic floor. And that often relaxed muscles makes us think loose. And it just, it simply doesn't work that way. Your mm-hmm. vaginal canal has these cells in it and they just don't stay quote unquote loose. That's not how they work. It's the mm-hmm. same as your 
Um, wow, that's totally left me. Your bladder, there we go. The cells mm -hmm. in your bladder, right? Like it expands, but your bladder doesn't stay that full or that mm -hmm. big after you've gone to the bathroom. After, mm -hmm. after you've gone to the bathroom, it goes back to its normal size. It's the same with your vagina. It doesn't just mm -hmm. like stay stretched out. So you're not gonna have a loose vagina stop doing Kegels, take deep breaths instead. <laughs> I love, I love that you mentioned that because when I was like, I used to have this thinking when I, in my teens and stuff that I didn't want, I wanted to have a C-section because I didn't want my vagina to get loose. And because yeah. I was scared that like, because when you're younger and people have that belief and you're around, you know, teenage boys or young men and mm -hmm. stuff. And they're like, oh, she probably has a loose vagina. Like they think of it as a bad thing. So then in your head, yeah. you're like, oh, I don't want to have that because then guys obviously won't like me and they'll make fun right. of me. So it just, it puts that in your head and it's so nice and refreshing to know that it's not true. So <laughs> yes, not mm. even a little bit. Mm. <laughs> So knowing everything that you know about sex, orgasms, anatomy, what would you tell your younger self? I have thought about this question a lot. Basically, mm -hmm. since you asked me about doing this interview, I've been thinking mm -hmm. like, what would I tell younger me? And I've chatted mm -hmm. with a few people and everybody has a different answer. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the big things for me would be that my sexuality is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's okay that I have a high sex drive. It's okay that, um, I want that type of pleasure because I always had a lot of guilt associated mm -hmm. with it. Um, I'd also love to tell myself that I can have all the orgasms I want, man. Sometimes I think if I could go back and tell myself that I was going to be like multi-orgasmic and that I was going to mm -hmm. teach people about orgasms, I just feel like. 21 year old me would be like, that is a lie. It is not yeah. physically possible. Like that's mm -hmm. just not my body. And so I really wish I could go back and tell myself that. I also really wish that I could have practiced communicating with partners. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's a very heavy topic to talk about sexual trauma. So I won't go into that too much. And I can say for myself, if I had been practicing things like, mm -hmm. hey, when I, when it's uncomfortable, I'm going to hum high. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, or, Hey, I'm not really good at talking during sex, but I really want to start practicing like setting mm -hmm. boundaries or, or letting you know when something feels good or not. I mm -hmm. think I could have avoided so much pain. If I had just started little communication things earlier, then the bigger communication things wouldn't have seemed so big because I could have spoken up for myself. So I think communication, um, I was having this conversation with a girl who's in the King community. She was saying how it sounds so cheesy, but communication is the sexiest thing. Mm -hmm. And the more you practice it, the sexier it becomes. And it doesn't have to be this like eloquent, dirty talk. It can just be simply telling your partner like, yeah, that feels really good. Mm -hmm. Or can we do that thing you did the other night? It doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't have to change the mood, but communication needs to be a part of our sexual intimacy. And I'd really love to tell myself that because I was just so focused on people pleasing and making my partner happy and enjoy themselves and feel good about themselves that I put myself in way too many compromising situations. So mm -hmm. I really think those would be my, 
go-tos, I think. Yeah. I really like that. And do you have any books, other podcasts, other podcasts or resources that you'd recommend for people to check out either on the topics that we talked about or just things that you really like? Uh, there's a book called Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski. Mm-hmm. Every, every woman should read that book, especially if you struggle with sexuality or intimacy um, in any way. It's a great, 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 great book. Uh, Pussy, A Reclamation by Regina Thomas Hauer. That's a really incredible book. I will say like, sometimes it goes out there and I'm like, really? But I loved it. I loved it. nonetheless. Uh She's a legend of a human and is doing incredible things for, Mm -hmm. um, women and female pleasure. So those would be two books that I'd recommend. There's pleasure activism by Adrian Brown. And that's really, really good as well. Um, podcasts, Sex with Emily is a great podcast on sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, I am co-hosting a podcast called uh, Soul, Sex, and Strategy. Mm-hmm. And we talk, We don't always cover sexuality, but it's definitely in there. So if you want to browse through, there's, there's one on pleasure. There's one on orgasms. There's, mm-hmm. there's a few different options to listen to. And I think those would be it. Sex with Emily has a great website as well. She has mm-hmm. this list of yes, no, maybe that I think is really fun to do with your partner because sometimes you just don't think of these things, right? Especially when you're with your partner a while, you get pretty, you know, we do this, then we do this and we mm-hmm. like that. But to go through this list with your partner, even just like playful to be like, would you do this? It's like, oh, w- I'm a no on that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're a baby and you might discover some fun things. So yeah. definitely a great website as well as podcast. Okay, great. Those are, I'm going to have to check that out. The list. Yes. No, maybe I really, I feel like that would be a fun thing to do, but those are great recommendations. And where can people find you? Like your Instagram website. So they can find me on my website, jennaswitzer.com. I'm going to give you a special link for people who listen Mm -hmm. to this podcast and that will take them to a little freebie. So anyone listening to this, um, I have an orgasm one-on-one workbook that you'll get for free as well as a special discount on my online course, my pleasure and purpose course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give that to you. You can link it in the show notes and then my website, jennaswitzer.com, which is just like it sounds, um, or I'm on Instagram at Jenna underscore Switzer. And I'm often on Instagram. So you can link up with me there. Perfect. Thank you so much. Everyone listening, definitely go check her out on Instagram and her website and check out her, the freebie that she's giving us. That's so nice. Thank you. And the discount code definitely use that. So thank you so much for coming on. This was such a great conversation. And I, I, I love everything you had to say. You're definitely very knowledgeable on all this and a trustworthy person. I feel like talking with you, I can trust <laughs> but you and trust what you're saying. And which is that that's kind of, it's hard to come by nowadays. So thank you. Yeah.